This episode of the Home Defense Show is brought to you by XTradingPost.com. I highly recommend their deep tissue salve. That's what I used when I wake up in the morning to relieve all those aches and pains. Use the promo code SPRING23 for an additional 15% off. That's XTradingPost.com. This is Phoenix Coriel. Welcome to the Home Defense Show. Coming to you from deep inside the bowels of a great big empty. Get ready for another episode of The Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. Okay, folks, welcome back to another episode of The Home Defense Show. This is your host, Skip Coriel. Boy, it is a sunshiny day out there. I, I walked outside, and it was the strangest thing. It was like warmth. And then I looked up in the sky, and there was this bright, white, yellowish kind of an orb. And I was confused for a second because I live in Michigan. It comes, it goes, but you know, I'm so happy that spring is is on the way, and I can feel all that stuff. I got, you know, we got mushroom hunting coming up. We've got gardening coming up. You know, shooting groundhogs. I mean, whatever you like to do for for spring, it's there. But uh, today. You know, there's a lot going on in the world out there. Uh, sometimes the world is a little bit crazy. Actually, these days, most of the time, the world's a little bit crazy. But there are some positive things going on out there as well. And so I, I want to talk about some positive things today. And uh, so I have invited uh, Jen Franson to be on the show today. Jen, welcome to the Home Defense Show. Thank you, Skip. I'm excited to be here. All right. Good, good, good. So am I. All right, now, now, Jen, you know, we hear about all kinds of bad, nasty, foul things that police officers do all across the country. You know, every time a, a police officer makes a mistake, it's right there. It's headline news, and it seems like communities, you know, are just clashing uh, with police officers and the last couple of years, riots. I mean, you name it. It's just been terrible. But I know a lot of police officers personally. And I don't know any police officers that are like that. You have created an organization called ICI Nation. Can you tell us about that? Sure. And I would love to. And I love how you kind of let it off with good news because that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Even though, you know, I know sometimes good news is not what sells the headlines. Um, we all need it. And um, it makes a difference. So ICI Nation, the C stands for Connecting Cops and Community to Strengthen the City. Um, the I's, it's a small I is the first one, and the second I is a big I, and they just represent us. We're bigger after we connect. And so my organization, my heart was really to focus on the good in the community because there's so much of it. And, and like you said, even in the police, we only hear about the police when they screw up. Otherwise, we're not we're not thinking about what they deal with. We're not appreciating them, you know, because if they're doing their job well, they keep us blissfully ignorant of all of the dangers that there may be to us or to our neighborhood or to our family. Yeah. Um, they kind of take care of that. So there's a little bit of a disconnect. Um, which I think in the past, police liked it that way. They just did their job and we would honor them knowing they were doing stuff we didn't want to know about. 
But with the headlines and all the negative news now and so much more news, it can't be the same anymore. I really think it's for our betterment the more we know about what they deal with and for them to know. Long story short, I host an event once a month at one of the four big police departments in Kent County. So I host an event at Wyoming Police, Kent County Sheriff's Department, Kentwood Police, and Grand Rapids Police. So those departments will host events for me to invite the community out and they will have some of their officers there and then we will get to mingle. Actually, next week, I'm hosting a lunch and learn at the Wyoming Police Department. It's a sponsored lunch where we get to come have lunch with some of the officers and other community leaders, and we get to meet. And then we're going to hear from Chief Kim and some of her officers, along with the community speaker, who will be Antoine Brown of 70 Times 7, who works with prisoners when they get out and re-entry into, back into civilian life, and how they not only empower giving these people second chances, but they work with the police to do that, Um, which again, most of us have no idea about that, but it's great news. So that's just the most recent up and coming. Mm -hmm. But Jen, you know, I'm, I'm 65 years old. And when I grew up, I, I grew up in a time where police officers were the good guys. And, and when you talk to, you know, an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old or whatever, you ask them, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? It, it was either, you know, a police officer or a, or a firefighter uh, or, you know, go into the military mm-hmm. or something like that. And boy, it's just, it's not that, it's not that way anymore. Uh, how, did, how did we get to where we are right now where, you know, it's like you want to defund the police, you know, and, and it's like people think of, it's almost like the general public is, they're afraid of law enforcement, e- even honest law-abiding citizens, the, the, you know, they get incredibly nervous. It's not like, you know, Andy Griffith uh, of Mayberry RFD anymore. <laughs> it, it's gotten, I would love, wouldn't you love to grow up in, in, in Mayberry? You know, it was, yeah, again, who wouldn't? It was <clears throat> definitely was the the sweet, idyllic type of place. But as far as your question on how did you know how did things change like that, I think we all know there's a lot of things um, that really add to that. But I want to say, I don't think it's all bad, and I'll explain it like this. The chief once told me, he said, he said, Jennifer, you have to understand. We used to, back in the 80s, we used to judge a successful day. I mean, in in the most simplest terms, they used to judge a successful day based on how many tickets were written or felonies or misdemeanors were given out. And he said, it is not the same today. Success looks very different for a police department, and it's very much more community-oriented. Now, you know, any type of transition like that can have all of its challenges and and what does that look like and, and what the community does and doesn't know? Overall, I think it's for the betterment. I mean, even if I, I leave out police, I think we as community members, it helps us to know what's going on in our city. 
right now they have so much a desire to make a difference and and be out there and there's nonprofits and there's churches and there's organizations and schools everybody's offering things back to the community which is fantastic even businesses i know will advertise hey if you buy this we give 10% of our income back to this charity everybody wants to make a difference jen it does sound great i guess i'm wondering Okay, the, you know, the my listeners, they're listening now and they're saying, okay, right. so she's got this organization, but what does that mean to me? I mean, right. can an average person get involved in something like this or, or not? Yes. Um, I think the average people are where it's at. We all know we can't trust or look to government to solve all our problems. And I think <laughs> oh, you're, you, got, you got that right. Okay. <laughs> I think your community knows that. Yes, he <laughs> feels very powerful in that grassroots type of feeling. And that's where we're at. We don't need to believe the headlines, especially with police. We need to start meeting them face to face. And if we have questions for them, ask them face to face. We need to start building relationships, even to just look them in the eye and say, you know what? I appreciate that you chose not just that you do your job, but that you chose to do your job voluntarily you step in to fill this role in that my community which is dealing with everybody else's conflicts and chaos and i thank you for that yeah i think that makes a difference because relationships that builds trust that builds morale on both sides of the coin and that is a healthy community and out of that comes healthier leadership healthier decisions and and hopefully new innovative ways of working together one of the things that that's happened uh, over the, the the decades is law enforcement they've kind of become nameless and faceless and and it's like you know if i if i'm you know I, i'm a novelist right so I, I write novels if i want to make a bad guy then i take away their name i take away their face and, and i make them impersonal and and it's like there are segments of the media that do that with the law enforcement community but the real story is you know the guy that pulls you over for speeding you know he's probably got you know a spouse and kids at home and uh you know he's out he didn't become a cop to get rich okay it it doesn't work that way and he deals with you know like you said everyone's conflict right i mean he's pulling over drunk drivers he's dealing with domestic disturbances and things like that most of our interaction you know with police officers it it's we don't think of it in a positive light for example i'm when when i get pulled over you know say i'm going like seven or eight over i mean it's not like i would ever do that just in case there's any police officers listening i would never ever do that but if if i were to get pulled over for going eight miles and over the speed limit and then and the police officer walks up to the door you know and they're always very professional and it's like inside i'm going ow why'd he pull me over why is he doing this you know and it's like the police officer is seeing me at my very worst because i'm in a hurry i want to go someplace and this is going to cost me money <laughs> and uh, maybe raise my insurance rates and all this stuff. So, you know, there's that dynamic that, that you, that you deal with. What I've learned is if you just take a chill pill 
and just, okay, calm down, relax. On the inside, you're not smiling. Smile on the outside. Skip, I want to tell you, my my police friends tell me, you got to understand, I get pulled over. And when I see the lights go off behind me, I get nervous. My heart starts beating really (laughs) fast. So it's just our natural human reaction to getting to getting caught or potential consequences. And actually, that's what they say. You know, a lot of times the situations they are put in, people act um, in ways maybe that we're not used to, whether they react more highly or they lie, 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 because suddenly they are, like you said, really uncomfortable and tense, but they know this person has the authority to put me in jail or write a ticket or give me consequences. Yeah. And so it makes us nervous. And I was on a ride along not too long ago um, with the Grand Rapids police um, ride along. So it was probably 3 a.m. And I can't, I can't give details. um, That's when all the fun stuff happens at 3 a.m. Yeah, exactly. But I can tell you one of the people they were, interviewing so to say was lying and lying and and it was honestly you know and the police just listened and yep yep and and they were very calm and to me i'm like what how how could this guy say wait he just said that <laughs> wait how could he do this and yeah. i'm not used to people lying like that uh-huh. whereas and and again police are like oh yeah people lie all the time that's okay that's you know that's how they feel when they get around us and and they just kind of learn to let it roll off their back and take their notes and do their job. But again, I think it makes them a little more skeptical. Um, but it, again, it just reminded me, we need to know what they deal with. We need to know kind of the dark side of our community and not pretend it's not there, even so that we can make sure we're not part of that or, or how we can help even that dark side. And that's what ICI Nation is all about, right? Connecting communities with law enforcement. Because we are part of the same team. We are protectors and servers of our city and our community. And instead of looking at us on opposite ends of the spectrum, I like to highlight how we work together Mm -hmm. um, and we need each other. And of course, that's like, like I said, for my lunch and learn this next week on Thursday, I have the chief. And then a community director um, of 70 times seven talking about how they both serve the community and how they do it together. Is that particular venue, is that open to the public or not, Jen? It absolutely is. For the details, you can go to my webpage at icination.org and click on events and it will give you the details there and a link to our SVP. The lunch will be provided by Kitchen 67. So it is free and we just welcome any and all community come on out. This is a great opportunity (laughs) and food. I mean, come on. Free food, good company. (laughs) All right. Well, that sounds like a a really good deal. ICINation.org. Jen, what you're doing is fantastic. We have to reconnect with law enforcement so that we can all work together because quite frankly, it takes a very special person to be in law enforcement. It, yeah. it just does. I mean, you got to have a special kind of a personality and you have to really have a servant's heart 
uh, as well to, to go through and, and put up with all, all the things that they do, especially in this day and age. So, Jen, I, I want to thank you for putting together ICI Nation and helping us reconnect with law enforcement. Absolutely, Skip. Just you talked about they have to have the right heart to even serve. And I wanted to say, I think we know, and especially with all the negative police news, we know that police can grow hard. They grow hard hearted. They can lose that. And mm -hmm. I know I explained, you know, sometimes their interactions with the community are at times of conflict and not, not very positive, but that's where we come in. I think we need to take responsibility for keeping our police healthy, for keeping their hearts soft. Because if we need them out on the front lines doing that job of keeping us safe, then we better make sure they're not getting burned up and their hearts are getting hard and they're getting strung out when, you know, we can do something about that. If we need them yeah. in that role and if we need them doing it full of grace and discernment and wisdom and, you know, to handle people, I think that's our responsibility. And so yeah. staying connected and finding out what we can do for them, I think is a great way to do that. You are absolutely right. You know, Jen, when I was younger, when I was a younger man, every time I got pulled over, <laughs> I would get a ticket. And then finally, you know, after years of that, you know, a, a police officer friend of mine pulled me off to the side and he says, Skip, he said, you need to just, you need to smile. You know, you don't have to wear your anger on your sleeve. Just relax, just smile, you know, say a kind word, you know, even if you're not feeling it. And you know <laughs> what? It actually worked. I don't think I've, I haven't gotten a ticket in like 25 years. I mean, it's not like I get pulled over every day anyways, but they're people. They, they are, they're people, they've got feelings and, you know, thank God that they are like us. So it, it's just fantastic. So right. um, people can go to icination.org to find out more. And uh, Jen, it has been a, a great time talking with you. And uh, we will have you on again when you have some kind of special event going on. Sounds great. Thank you, Skip. All right. Thank you, Jen Franson from icination.org. All right. This is Skip Coriel on the Home Defense Show. Don't forget to check out our sponsors. Check out uh, Center Shot Indoor Gun Range, centershotgunrange.com, where it's always a perfect 70 degrees. And United States Concealed Carry Association, uscca.com. This is Skip Coriel on the Home Defense Show. I'm going to head out today. I'm going to do some range work, uh, you know, shoot some, some bullets downrange and enjoy this sunshiny day. I want you guys to do that, too. And remember, always enjoy your family, protect and defend. This is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show. God bless you, and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week on The Home Defense Show. Now, get out there and protect the ones you love. We'll see you next week with more of the best in home defense. Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle! Now it's time for our self-defense report. Take us there, Skip. All of us here at Frontlines of Freedom want our listeners to get trained and get armed in that order. We fully support the right to keep and bear arms for all law-abiding families, and we encourage you to find out about the laws governing use of deadly force in your state and follow them to the letter. And, of course, don't forget to follow the rules of safety and common sense whenever you're carrying a firearm to protect the ones you love. What's the story this week, Colonel? Well, an armed felon ended up in custody with a gunshot wound to the chest 
after allegedly attempting to rob a concealed carry holder in Detroit on February 8th of this year. At 9.50 p.m., the armed citizen and his friend entered Carmen's Delicatessen and were followed into the store by the alleged robber and another man. When the two men exited the store, the felon pulled out a gun and threatened to kill one of the victims if they didn't give him everything they had. The first victim gave the alleged robber his wallet, and the thief began patting down the armed citizen. As soon as the pat-down began, the concealed carry holder pulled out his gun and fired, hitting the robber in the chest. Police arrived on the scene and found the armed citizen with his hands raised over his head. Surveillance video confirmed the details of the self-defense shooting. The robber recovered from his gunshot wound and is now facing criminal charges. Thanks, Colonel. This scenario gives us two very important self-defense topics to discuss, the counter-ambush and parking lots. First, let's discuss the counter-ambush. When a criminal catches you off guard, sometimes you have to wait for an opportune time to draw your gun and fire. Let's face it, outdrawing a drawn gun is very difficult and should only be attempted after proper training and practice and under the right circumstances. Most often, the robber will get the drop on you simply because you and I can't operate at a heightened state of awareness forever. Having said that, you should always be at a heightened state of awareness while you're in a parking lot, since crimes are more likely to occur there. In this event, our armed defender already suspected foul play, but still was unable to avoid the criminal. Our defender watched from a few feet away as his friend was robbed. Then he handed over his own wallet. But then the situation escalated when the criminal began to pat him down, searching for more valuables. At this point, he risked being disarmed, shot, or even shot with his own gun. This was the best time to launch a counter ambush as the criminal was now holding the gun one-handed and he was distracted. In a situation like this, action always beats reaction, so the defender was able to draw and get the first shot off. Second, let's discuss parking lots relative to self-defense. You should spend as little time as possible in parking areas because they are transitional spaces where people go from one area of safety to another. Criminals often watch these areas for potential victims. When walking through a parking area, keep your head on a swivel. Walk with head up and shoulders back. Don't look passive. Look dominant. If someone suspicious starts to follow you, feel free to run back inside the store. This will catch them off guard and may foil the robbery. Above all else, if your gut instinct tells you that something bad is amiss, then trust your gut and get out of there. Our armed defender in this story did a pretty good job. He was caught off guard just a bit, but he made a decent recovery and was smart enough to wait for the right time to launch his counterattack. When he fought back, it was decisive and without reservation. Frontlands of Freedom salutes this Motor City man for his bravery and decisive action, which very well could have saved his life. <laughs> 